podcast. Welcome to the Queer Arabs podcast. This is Alia. And Ellie. And we are the Queer Arabs. I'm Alia. I'm Saudi and a lesbian. I am Ellie and I am bi, trans, and Lebanese. And we are broadcasting this from America. Yes. Um, today is the 27th and we find it timely and fitting to talk about the recent decision by the Supreme Court regarding the travel ban. In other words, the Muslim ban, and we're going to get into that further today. So, in short, Muslim ban one was executive order one by Trump when he got into office, basically saying, yeah, we got a Muslim ban. He pronounced it loud and wide on Twitter, on anyone mm-hmm. who would listen, Muslim ban. Because, you know, he kind of ran on that thing. Struck down by the court, Supreme Court denied review, went, went to Muslim ban version two. That went down, for, and this week we got... For the ruling on version three. Uh huh. And now the administration is trying to back out on this whole Muslim ban thing. They're trying to say that it's a travel ban, not specifically a Muslim ban, and that it's territorial. It's like based on territories versus religion. For those lawyers and law students who actually listen to this, anyone who is sort of keeping up with this sort of knew this is how it would get, how it go. The government typically in the Supreme Court typically grants the executive branch wide deference and i mean like ridiculously wide deference in matters of national security especially when it comes to entry into the country Mm -hmm. so to have come down to this is not a terrible surprise the criteria for the legal criteria is you basically can't do it purely on animus but because the supreme court gives the executive branch such wide deference Mm -hmm. basically they need any valid reason to have it it's like, yeah, they could have shitty reasons, but so long as they have some valid reason coming from somewhere, that's the one they'll say, yep, goes good. Because the law Trump decided to do this pretty much says, you know, for any reason of any group, as long as they want, at the sole discretion of the president. It's kind of broad. It's why laws are important. It's yeah. why you can't rely on executive orders and Supreme Court review because, you know, Supreme Court's going to point in the law and be like, yo, unless yeah. there's... A reason not to. Now the people who made this decision, who influenced this decision, they are now trying to claim that the central motive for this decision was not based on the hating fe- Muslims. Yes, the Islamophobia that's pretty rampant. But we're gonna get into why that is not correct. Because clearly, um, basically, we disagree with the Supreme Court on this one. The Supreme Court went said, you know, basically we need any valid reason. And they pulled it by saying the um, Department of Homeland Security had this list of countries that they wanted to improve security review, basically. They said that you need to provide more information and you need to provide it reliably. And they gave them 50 ways to do that, and they felt that most of the Muslim-majority countries on the list right now don't do that. Yes, and we also disagree with the claim that this is not this has nothing to do with the fact that these mostly the countries affected are Muslim majority. The countries we are, that are on this, the latest travel ban, here, here's the list. We have Iran, Libya, Syria, Yemen, Somalia, and then we have a small category of people from Venezuela, people who are part of the government um, and, and their immediate, immediate families, well, specific parts of the government, and North Korea, this does not really impact North Koreans because North Korea doesn't allow people to exit the country. So it's kind of like, okay. This doesn't quite change 
much for North Korea. It doesn't change much for Venezuela as a whole, but for the other countries that we on the list, um, all Muslim majority countries, it affects everyone. So this claim that it has nothing to do with religion is absolutely not sound. Considering um, thinking about what the president said in 2016 about needing to shut down this whole thing until they figure it out mm -hmm. and not allow Muslims into the country. Unfortunately, the president does get wide, wide, wide deference on this, like ridiculously wide. And this isn't the first time a president has done this sort of categorical ban in the past. Reagan, of course, did it to Cubans. Basically, almost every president has invoked this sort of authority before, and it's passed muster. The fact that if, you know, the Supreme Court gave it a pass this time, even though it's Trump, even though he's screaming basically, fuck the Muslims, is no huge surprise. So this was a five to four decision of the Supreme Court. Basically, the usual suspects with uh, Justice Kennedy being the swing vote as usual. Then he announces retirement effective in July. This will give President Trump a second Supreme Court pick, which will give the conservative side a pretty solid majority. All right, so basically the usual suspects voted for this. Alito, Thomas, Chief Justice Roberts, and the new guy Gorsuch, plus Kennedy. Kennedy tends to defer to government in matters of national security. So this was not a huge surprise. But now he's retired. He's retiring. So, you know, that's it. No more swing vote. We get a Trump appointed justice for the next term. And, you know, this really, really upsets me because a lot of our decisions lately have been 5-4. It's been a little scary because we are sort of used to the inaction of the American Congress and used to our presidents either being useless because of because of congressional opposition mm -hmm. or because they are just hostile to the usual suspects you know queer people brown people black people not rich white people women and what's infuriating is you know this is exactly what assholes like me were screaming about it's like this is why you cannot vote anything but democrats and i hate saying that i never shied away from saying oh, a socialist and Democrats are very corporate center right. I don't like them as a group. However, anytime Republicans come to power or are allowed control of a branch of government, things always go south for people of color, people, uh, queer people, poor people, Muslims, people who need access to health care, and pretty much, like I said, anyone who is into rich white male. And this kind of touches on another issue. It's like, we're always tearing down internally we're always tearing down democrats like i'm talking shit about democrats right now somewhat but that has an effect on elections and you have to sort of start asking yourself when does it become unethical to even criticize democrats when the alternative is just so fucking awful if politics doesn't affect you you have the luxury of saying well it didn't affect me so i'm not going to vote or i'm going to vote third party vote my conscience but in a winner-take-all situation which is the United States, you kind of have to vote for Democrats because otherwise a Republican wins and awful things happen to people who have very little control otherwise. And Republicans do not listen to queer people generally. Republicans are the groups who always consider bathroom bills, who consider constantly repealing the ACA, constantly moving in favor of corporate controlling interests and all that good shit. You know, I hate to diss on voting your conscience and shit, but you know, the proper time and place to make to do that is in the primary. 
good example of that would be um, 28-year-old Democratic Socialist from New York, Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez. I probably butchered that, but I'm sorry. You are awesome. Uh, basically, socialist who has said she wants to abolish ICE. Uh, she has walked that back somewhat, saying she does want to reform it because it was basically formed in the post-9-11 era in which the Patriot and other shitty things came about and it basically turned into like this horrible shitty thing that needs to be tossed out entirely and started over. I agree with this entirely. I am totally cool with this. This is, And she did it the right way that by going in, winning the primary against a Democrat who was pretty safe Democrat at that. You know, Who knows how that'll go, but I think that was the time and place. I mean, other than that, you kind of have to vote straight party Democrat, no matter how shitty the Democrat is. You know, that's what's been on my mind the last couple of days. Trump was relying on the Immigration and National Act, sorry, Immigration and Nationality Act of 52, which gives the president wide authority on all things immigration, like wide, almost unqualified authority. You know, and the part that was frequently cited by the Supreme Court was basically for any reason against any class for as long as he deems necessary, which is insanely broad. And this has remained law for over 50 years at this point. That exists. Again, because so many presidents have relied on it before, it's been pretty upheld. This is a, while it's a pretty shitty decision for a pretty shitty president and a pretty shitty timeline, I believe the meme is becoming we're in the darkest timeline. That's kind of how it goes. For those of you who want to know, well, how do you get around this? Well, there are case-by-case -case waivers. How do you get those? Uh, what's the process and review? Who knows? It's kind of up to the president and what he wants to do at this point. Waivers have been called golden tickets. Yeah, basically, if the, uh, if the president or someone important wants you in, you get in. They're not easily going to be easily handed out. Unless you want to open a hotel in North Korea. Just saying. So an example is a Yemeni-born doctor named uh, Mohammed Al-Awadi. He tried to get a waiver for his, his wife, his Yemeni wife, um, and she had been approved for a visa in December and then was rejected following the third travel ban. This is already affecting people. Yeah, and we've got the midterms coming up, and everyone's saying, oh, there's going to be this big blue wave, but my fear is everyone's going to sort of make the same assumption. It's like, oh, the Democrats got this in the bag, much like Hillary did, and people are going to stay home, or they're going to vote for a third party because, oh, this is a safe election. Let's vote our conscience and hopefully get a third party into the mix, which yeah. doesn't really work in a two-party winner-take-all system. It just doesn't. That's really depressing. That's how it is, and people need to, to uh, understand the impact that they can have. And they need to vote response. Will there be a time where maybe Democrats are the shitty choice? Yeah, they've been there before, and it'll probably happen sometime in the mm -hmm. future again. But it hasn't been that way for a while now. It's always depressing to see this whole, well, they're both bad argument. I'm like, yeah, they're shitty people all over the place, but one group consistently tries to basically hate on minorities of all flavors, and the other is less shitty but doesn't hate on minorities of all flavors. So both sides are equally bad? No, I don't. No. no. Fun way to end Pride Month, huh? So there are some points that people need to keep in mind. There is such a ripple effect of something like this, a decision like this. It doesn't just affect people wanting to travel into the country. It affects, I mean, if this is the way, if people need to look at this in a self-centered, selfish way, this affects U.S. citizens, people living in rural areas, a lot of a lot of whom probably voted for Trump, a lot of the, those populations. So here's an example. 
if you go to go into a hospital in rural U.S., most of the people taking care of patients are not born in the U.S. It's hard to get qualified healthcare professionals in a lot of locations in the United States. There are all these correlations that people, they get uh, overlooked. And I just think these things, not, not small, these very major correlations really need to be thought about and, and remembered. We do bring in a lot of labor internationally. We do mm-hmm. get a lot of our nurse, nurses and, you know, healthcare practitioners internationally. And we're cutting out a large amount of people just because in this case. Yeah. Um, Iran and Syria had quite a... It shouldn't matter. This should not matter. People are humans. But even for folks who are unable to look at everyone as human beings and people who just want to think about themselves, at least they should think about how they are impacted by um, fewer healthcare professionals being able to come into the country. Iran and Syria provided many of the health, con- and still, I mean, provide many of the healthcare professionals who take care of, you know, in- including the people who voted for Trump, who are voted against Syrians, you know, against the interests of Syrians or the interests of Iranians. So, Whatever the reason is, whatever like the motive is for voting or for thinking about the consequences of, of a vote or an action or information that even information that um, is shared with family or friends, the impact will be greater than people tend to remember. It affects many more people than a lot of times we or you know people realize. So I think that's just a good reminder that even if someone thinks like, okay, this issue does not affect me, this doesn't affect my family, et cetera, et cetera, it probably does. Yeah, so are we going to have to have a national, like, Muslim Pride Day at this point? Just so we can all have all It feels like it. I mean... It feels like it. Yeah, it does. Because the Muslim, I mean, the way that this party in question is viewing people from these countries that we listed is less than human honestly and they probably need a reminder that these are their friends their co-workers their doctors their nurses people who take care of them honestly and unfortunately i hate looking at it that way i really do because i don't think anyone should have to look at things from such a self-centered way but for some people that's the only way that works that's the only way that something will sink in or even start to enter their conscious. Damn, this is depressing. It's so depressing. And I'm, I'm just utterly disgusted that we're even having to have this conversation. So we're just gonna spend the next 20 minutes sighing dejectedly about this shit? Pretty much. I think that's what people around the country have been doing for the past two years. <laughs> Wait, year and a half, whatever. It doesn't matter anymore. <sighs> we are in the darkest timeline. And I know there's been like arguments of every generation goes through their own version of a dark time or a dark event. Like look at the Vietnam War era, look at- AIDS crisis during the 80s. Right. But this This feels- This feels like it was entirely avoidable. It does. Yeah, let's just sigh at the microphone (sighs) for the next 20 minutes, I swear. I think something, something that's very scary about our, what's going on in this era is that um, the side that 
does not agree with the current administration, the current people in power, that side doesn't really have a leader. Well, they do, but it's just right now, there's since it's not an election, it's not yet, you know, election time, it's not time to sort of burn themselves out yelling and shouting about this. Like mid, when, when the midterms truly get going, we're going to hear about it. But until then, it's just like we're going to hear the usual sound bites from the usual people. I mean, thank God for Maxine Waters. It's just feeling like there's no one, maybe I'm wrong, feeling like there's absolutely no one who can stand up to the people in authority right now because of how much they have taken over. Yeah, they control the presidency. They control the House and Senate by Senate by slim majority. Uh, they now have the Supreme Court. Five solid seats in the Supreme Court. No more having to worry about Kennedy after this. Yeah, no more swing vote. Not even that. Let's dig up some of those 5-4 decisions see what happened there. Probably the most famous recent Supreme Court case that was 5-4 was Obergefell versus Hodges, which was the, the gay marriage case that basically made gay marriage legal across America. That was 5-4. That was Kennedy's swing vote. That is what we have just lost. So that swing vote, I mean, sometimes doesn't work in our favor. Our favor, but sometimes it does. In like in that case, that's kind of where we are. Mm -hmm. We now have a very conservative Supreme Court for however long that is, and the next two people up for retirement, I believe, are Ginsburg, who is eighty-five at this point. And um, Breyer, who is 80. Trump may get at least one more seat on top of this. So that will be a six conservative majority on the Supreme Court mm -hmm. for the next however long years. And while they have the power of view, that means that there's going to be a pretty conservative streak on this country for the foreseeable future, possibly the rest of our lives. And there are ways around this. Like historically, like if a president has really hated the Supreme Court, They've added um, more justices to sort of tip the scales in their favor. This hasn't been done in like, I think, 80 years at this point. But there's no law that said, no law or constitutional amendment that says it has to be nine Supreme Court justices. It's just been tradition at this point. So this, this is like super scary for us, which kind of brings me into another topic. I, we brought it up before. It's like when my parents came to this country, when I was growing up, I always heard, well, we can always go back to Lebanon if things get, like, when things quiet down or if yeah. things get bad here. Because for a while, Arabs were not very welcome in America mm -hmm. with, after Iran-Contra, even though, yes, I know Iran is not Arab. Tell that to 1980s America. And, you know, people say, well, you can always go back. And it's like, well, for queer people, we can't. We have no other nation that will want us. And just to give an idea of some of the numbers, of, you know, the impact that this has already had, this travel ban. So since the start of the 2018 fiscal year, which started October 2017, the U.S. has resettled, resettled 44 Syrian refugees. 44. That's it. As opposed to 6,000 in the same, that same time frame last year. Most of those people were admitted before Trump's inauguration. So just to give you an idea of the stark difference that has already been made. And now this third iteration of the travel ban, you know, we'll probably continue to see numbers that low or even lower. God, we sound depressed on this. Yeah, I know. I guess. Like, I'm trying not to start crying on this podcast because that's just not going to do any good. 
Okay, and then we have Yemen on the list for another example. So the war in Yemen um, has become the world's worst humanitarian crisis. We have more than 80% of the population lacks food, fuel, clean water, and access to health care. We talked about the Yemen conflict on a previous episode, so just to recap, the latest war began in early 2015. Saudi Arabia started this coalition that has been fighting Yemen, trying to, you know, purporting to be fighting the Houthi rebels there. And um, Saudi Arabia, as pretty much everyone knows, is supported very heavily by the United States. Read into that what you will. A quote to remember from December 7th, 2015. Donald Trump, uh, speaking in the third person, said, Donald J. Trump is calling for a total and complete shutdown of Muslims entering the United States. So we see where the motive is. We see what the central motive is, despite what um, is being said now. So just to recap, uh, the White House is rejecting claims that this third iteration of the travel ban is anti-Muslim. They say it's motivated purely by national security concerns. Yeah, and the Supreme Court has contended that the president, as Ali said, contended that the president has broad authority, you know, on on this. And Elections matter, who knew? And, uh, you know, people across the U.S. are saying that it unfairly targets Muslim countries, and it's quite obvious from... Um, who is on the list and what what Trump and his supporters have said in the past. And um, and the Constitution's Establishment Clause calls for neutrality on religion from the government. But, yeah, again, matters of national security, especially in regard to aliens or immigrants. Mm-hmm. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And in the majority opinion, uh, you have Chief Justice uh, John Roberts saying that the travel ban was constitutional and he dismissed this claim that Trump's previous comments on Islam were even relevant to this ban which is um, Roberts is quite nonsense Roberts take on this is this president the president's t- views tweets whatever don't get any special treatment you know yeah, he's the president. Yeah, he pretty much sets all this in motion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, without Trump, we wouldn't we wouldn't have this wonderful ban. Yeah, but you know that's kind of how it is, and yeah. that they're the final authority in this country. So, and the reason that this focus on Muslims has kind of been a thing. Well, well, what I'm saying, sorry, what I'm trying to say is the reason this focus. The White House is trying to shift the focus away from Muslims is because earlier versions of this travel ban, um, it met some really pretty big legal challenges. I guess, challenges. Yeah, sorry, words. Um, and that was mainly due to Trump's uh, statements on Muslims in the past. So yeah, know, this but... was clearly a semantics thing. Yeah, well. Some people have commented that the first two bans were badly defended and badly written, which is why they didn't get to, as far as the Supreme Court and why they were struck down in the lower courts without much comment mm-hmm. from the courts. It's but this is clearly why uh, why the language changed to make it seem like it's not 
Earth. So they had a plausible non-fuck-you reason. Mm-hmm. But the, I mean, the timeline, you know, the language used in the past, everything that has led up to this moment, it's very clear what the central motive is. Right, yeah. Okay, let's end this by... Um, so, Ellie, how was your week other than all this? Uh, I had to starve myself 24 hours for a blood and urine test. Isn't that exciting? That sounds glorious and infuriating. It was... Yeah, and I basically had to read the decision, the decision on a very empty stomach, and I was not very happy. That was Which, more than halfway through your your uh, 24 hour fast too. I think that that you probably saw that. Yeah, it was just that does not help. Yeah, and then the the whole Kennedy resignation is just like <laughs> yeah, really just all to top just, everything just, off. Just just all of this at once. Mm-hmm. But yeah. yeah, how else was your week? Uh, pretty anything good. Anything new? Steam sale. Gamers out there know what I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, you got some. You got some sweet new headphones too. Yeah. Pretty awesome. And how about you, darling? Um, my week's been alright. Um, other than all this stuff going on in the world in our country, um, you know, on a personal level, things have been going well. I took the cats to the vet the other day. That was not fun. Uh, one of them absolutely hates the car. The other one just sulks and doesn't. I mean, they both hate the car. One of them is very vocal about her hatred. The other one just sulks and looks angry and pouts the whole way. Um, but when we got to the vet, the one who was quite vocal in the car um, was just like softly hissing and softly growling at the vet at first. And she's such a sweetheart. She would never hurt anyone. She's never, she doesn't bite. She doesn't scratch, but like, she was trying very hard to be vicious, and it was very cute because she couldn't pull it off. No. Yeah. So that year, hopefully, that was just the annual vet visit, and there won't be another vet visit for another year. Yeah. What else is coming up? Um, We are getting excited for some trips coming up. Italy is happening. Soon. At some point, for some period of time. I'm excited. So am I. Yeah, it'll be fun. Um, we are, what else? What else is coming up? I am going to eat so much pasta and I'm going to become so fat and you're going to love me anyway. We do have this Italian friend though who said that the pasta, the quality of pasta in Italy is so different from in the US that it doesn't have the same uh, impact on weight gain and stuff. I don't know if that's true or maybe it's portion sizes. It must be portion sizes and probably um, the quality of the food also the fact and the that freshness. Europe, you actually walk places. You can't walk places in Houston. It's like, you know, 110, it feels like 110 with the whole heat index plus the humidity plus everything is like 15 minutes driving minimum. Yeah. And our public transport is trash and it makes you wait outside. And th that guy, our Italian friend, did, he was trying to tell us that like, um, his friend from the U.S. went to Italy and lost all this weight because she was eating pasta the whole time. But I think a lot of it probably was walking, you know, a lot of walking. Anyway, we're excited for the food. Um, gelato might need to happen every single day. Mm. 
Italian ice. We could we could get ourselves kicked out of something historic for fun. I think I'm gonna skip that, and I hope you will too. Fine. I would rather um, so, consume my weight in espresso and just enjoy myself and not get kicked out of things. So what you're saying is we shouldn't go to the Vatican. <laughs> oh gosh. Maybe this Pope will be chill. I have a long history of getting kicked out of important places. Yes, Ellie does. I've gotten kicked out of a zoo before. Which is very traumatic. <laughs> yeah. It was very, it was upsetting, but it was worth it because... She got to pet the sloth. I got it. Uh, yeah, I pet a sloth. I was like 11 <laughs> and I was there with my cousin. We were there by ourselves because our parents, this was in a time where parents would let their children roam freely, a lot more freely than now. And we, so my cousin who was my age, who is my age, a little older, convinced me no, it's fine that we go, you know, off the path and into the whatever, the, you know, the like rainforest habitat, go into the thick of things in there and get off the path and blah, blah. We found this sloth. We pet this sloth for a good half hour, had these also these little monkeys like running across our shoulders. It was pure heaven. It was all worth it. And then the zookeeper came. And we got kicked out. Our parents were called, but worth it. I still stand by that, that it was worth it. It's better than my kicked out, best kicked out story. Let's hear it. <sighs> I'm going to say, I'm, I'm going to skip it just because it might be a little too personal identifying, but basically I got kicked out of the Texas Supreme Court. Oh, yeah. Uh, <sighs> I will not apologize for that, ever. Since I know the story, there is I know there is absolutely nothing to apologize for. Exactly. <laughs> now let your imaginations run wild. Any other good kicked out of stuff stories under your belt that you care um, to share? I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think if I was kicked out of anything else. Um, I was kicked out of a restaurant at one point because, and I, oh, I wish I remembered what the circumstances were it was the people i was with were doing something app you know inappropriate this is not a fun story because i don't remember it i just remember the getting yelled at and kicked out part and being very embarrassed all right well okay well this was a depressing as hell episode we tried to bring him up at the end let, to, us, let us know how we did. To get in contact with us, please email us at thequeerarabs at gmail.com. You can go to our website and check out our um, episodes, links that go with it, pictures, etc. Thequeerarabs.com. We are on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at thequeerarabs. Also, it would be really helpful if you rate us on iTunes, rate and review us. It would mean a lot to us. You can also do the same on Facebook. Thank you so much for listening.